So today we're starting a new series called I Caught a Prayer. And um, the nature of this series is really the concept that we could try to teach people how to pray, but that's just simply not going to happen. Prayer can't, you can't tell someone what should come out of their heart. Uh, I can tell you what to say or how to stand or how to sit, but if your heart's not there, it it doesn't matter. And so we're going to do a series, really this comes uh, from the concept that prayer is caught, not taught. Uh, earlier today, I heard the scenario that it's a lot like a language. Uh, that's being, uh, if you're learning a new language, you want to acquire the language, not learn it. You want it to become part of your life, your DNA. You want it to become part of who you are and the way you think, the way you see things. Prayer should be like that. It's got to come through you. And so we're going to try to land on some uh, thoughts today uh, that are based on, on prayer. In this season, um, it's, it's kind of coming to an end, and uh, we're trying to get to the point where we're going to land back at church again. And in doing so, I, I get a sense that change is happening, you know? And what's weird is whether or not you have enjoyed this time or gotten so much more busy or gotten so much more still, I recognize that change has happened and it's happened globally. Whether you believe it's a conspiracy or whether or not you, um, it's really altered where you are and, and, and what's happening in your life. I know that God has brought this global Sabbath to everyone. And what I do know is that it's brought a lot of change for a lot of people. The scripture says that he works out all things for the good of those who love God according to his purpose. And so regardless of whether or not this has been easy or not for you, change that has happened to everyone, I believe that God has been a part of it. And what I mean by that is that uh, I don't think that this is just a global thing. I do believe that God is doing something in you and in me. And it's funny, the timing of this thing, because it's actually like a season. And as we are trying to figure out how to um, bring us back together as a community, which we'll tell you about here in a few weeks, we are also, there are many other organizations that are trying to figure out how do we get people back together and how do we bring this season to an end? Well, it's brought me to a lot of thoughts tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says this, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What I know is 
that as this season is changing, it brings a great deal of excitement to me. But I wonder, what is this time right now for you? This season right here. See, as a, as a pastor, I, I, it, it makes me nervous, this season of waiting, this season of resting, this season of change, uh, this season of, of quicking. And for me, actually, it's actually sped me up a lot more. I've been having to do a lot more learning and rethinking and, and trying to be a lot more creative. I don't know what this season has been for many of you, but I've had to really lean into God a lot more. But for most of the world, it's been a global Sabbath. As a pastor, uh, there's a great bit of, of worry that I carry for a lot of my sheep. Because time still means idle hands. And a lot of people's hearts can grow cold in this season. A lot of times in our boredom, we can deviate our eyes and our attention to things that are not good. The pornography, they're saying statistically, is spiking right now. And I pray that that's not the way it is within our community. A lot of things can go bad in seasons of idleness. There's a lot of bickering within marriages. There's uh, a lot of uh, maybe overspending in our life. There may be some overeating. There really could be a lot of habits that really diminish in this season. But I'm praying right now that as this season comes to an end, it causes me to realize that I believe that God is a part of this and God is trying to prepare us for something. And it's super imperative that we catch awareness of where we are in the season that God has us. There's a passage that of the scripture talks of in, uh, in Matthew chapter 26 called the parable of the 10 virgins. And in this passage, what we find is Jesus talking to us. Let me just read it to you. He says, and then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. And the five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. And when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Uh, and, and then five of the foolish ones asked the others, give us some of your oil because our lamps have go are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. So go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. While they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the doors were locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned, and they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. He called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Man, that's probably one of the most terrifying verses in all the Bible. Maybe it's just for me. I don't know you. Uh, really what this passage is saying is that in and out of seasons, we must make sure that we're ready. That there's 
oil in our lamps. Oil in our lamps. Hmm. Teresa and I uh, have been talking a lot. And, uh, you know, in this passage, I, I, don't, I don't know. A lot of people are talking right now like this is like the kind of end of day stuff. You know, the whole world was just affected. The entire world. Not like when 9-11 happened and the world was affected. The whole globe just stopped. And what I think about is, I, I don't know if this is the end of days or anything like that, but regardless of whether or not it is, I know that God is about to do something, and I want to be ready for it. See, at the end of this season, I want to be prepared for what God is about to do in my life. Preparation is important for everything. For dinner tonight, I want to make sure that I have all the ingredients ready. I want to be prepared. I don't want to start cooking and have to stop cooking and go to the store. In my life, I want to make sure that I'm prepared for the things that I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to God moving in my life, and I want to make sure that I'm prepared. In this passage, Jesus warns us with this great warning to make sure that we don't run out of oil. I don't know what's going to happen when the season stops, but as Teresa and I have been talking, um, to a, a lot of degrees, we aren't looking forward to starting the next season because this has been good in a lot of ways because it's allowed many people to really draw closer to the Lord. Today, I'm talking to those that are drawing closer to help you catch a prayer that would really elevate your heart and love for Jesus to another level. But to some, many of us are distracted right now by television or life or just boredom or standstill, and it allows our heart to really just become bland or lukewarm or just blah. But for Jesus, we want to make sure that our hearts are burning, that we are on fire for the Lord. There's a zeal about us all the time. And so uh, tonight, I, I have a couple passages for you that I felt like the Lord gave me in regards to this season and what's coming next. I want to be prepared for whatever happens next. I love our church, and I can't wait to be back together. And I do believe that God is going to do something, some things big. And I want to make sure that as we come back together, we're not coming back together just to be a community but we're coming back together to be the church, the, the, the church that the gates of hell would not prevail against, the church that is the hope of the world, the church that is on fire for Jesus, the church that's the answer. Jesus, or Jeremiah 24-7 said this. I love it. Then I will give you a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. I believe, I don't know where we are with the oil in our lamp, but if... I want to call all of us as your pastor to wholehearted lifestyle of worship to Jesus. I don't want to be in, stuck in religion or in church, 
but I want to make sure that my prayers are zealous for Jesus. I read this book recently uh, called Dangerous Prayers, and I felt like the book was good. But one of the things that I, I, I took of it was that Christianity really is supposed to be uh, a dangerous religion. We have made it very, very safe. And for the most part, we have said and spoke a lot of safe and easy prayers. But what happens when we push ourselves into dangerous prayers, into a dangerous lifestyle where we're saying some really deep things that engage our hearts? God is saying 24-7 that I will give you a heart to know me. Uh, Revelations chapter 2, verse 4 through 5, Jesus is, uh, this is a, a, a vision that the apostle John has when he's exiled on the island of Patmos. And uh, he has this vision of Jesus speaking to the modern churches. And he would say this, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other like you did at first. Wow. I never want that to be said of me with anyone. I believe in being passionate in everything that I do, and I want to grow in extravagant love for people in my life, but most importantly, I want my love for Jesus to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. I wouldn't hate for Jesus to look at me and say, you don't love me like you used to. He says, look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and I will remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. No, God, I will repent. I will turn to you with all my heart. I don't know what's coming, but I know that my heart will love you first and before everything else in my life. I think that God is about to do something super cool at the way. And so what's happening is I want to invite everyone to come out. Um, we're opening the doors uh, for the first time this Friday night. We're going to have a time of worship and uh, in, in prayer and in intercession. Where you're going to hear some people pray some extravagant prayers at 7 o'clock. And we want everyone to come out because we don't want our gatherings to only be a Sunday morning experience, but we want it to be something where we let our, our kids hear us cry out to God and hear us pray for our president and for our first responders and our doctors. We want uh, our kids and we want our hearts to remember how to say, God, I want you more than anything in my life. I lay my life down before you. Extravagant prayers, dangerous prayers. Prayers that say, God, you can have my life. This Friday night at 7, we want to invite you guys to come out. and We want our hearts to get ready. Really, for the next 21 days, I want to challenge you. Some of you would say, I'm not good at praying, and I understand it. And for the most part, it's because we haven't figured out how to catch a prayer with our heart. We haven't figured out how to engage our heart in a meaningful conversation with Jesus. Today, I want to teach you a little bit about how I believe you can do that. It's called, I caught a prayer. I caught a prayer. How? They said you're going to return to the Lord with all your heart. I have a question for you today. How, how do you return to the Lord with all your heart?
How do you return to the Lord? What does that look like for you? Does anything change in your life? Is there any time movements in your life? I mean, if Jesus is the first and most meaningful thing in your life, remember, the God of the universe doesn't want second place. He doesn't want third. He doesn't want fourth. He wants to be number one in our lives. And I believe with all, every fiber of my being, he deserves that. And many of us would say, I, don't, I just don't have time to pray, or I'm not, I'm not good at it. But when God is saying, seek me, well, that's, that's it. How do you return to the Lord? There's a couple books uh, I want to throw at you guys real quick. I think these books are super good and super powerful. Um, I've read these books, and uh, if there's books on prayer, these are my top four. You may have others, or you may have read others, or maybe you have not. But in seasons of prayer, which I'm encouraging us, I believe that this season is coming to an end. And spiritually, which I believe is the most important thing in our life, that we have gotten back to disciplines, and we've rid ourselves of sin, and we've turned ourselves to the Lord. And so I'm asking you, for 21 days, would you engage in prayer with me? Go on Amazon and buy any one of these four books, uh, Practicing His Presence, the, the Secrets of the Secret Place, the, the Circle Maker, man, super rad, and Prayer by Timothy Keller. I, I think that any one of these books can really uh, go a long way for empowering you and giving you some material to be more mindful of your relationship with the Lord. This is my prayer that I want to teach you today. I said all that to get us here. I think our time of preparation in this season is about to come to a close. And before we push off and start life on, in the fast pace again, can we be ready? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. He said, before I teach you how to pray, I want to teach you where to pray. I think that this is crucial if you struggle with prayer. If prayer is boring for you, I want you to try this first. Before you try to figure out what to say, where to say it is most important. He said, when you pray. I want you to, to go away by yourself and shut the door behind you. And pray to your father in private. And then your father who sees everything will reward you. Go Shut the door behind you. Find your secret space. Find your secret space. Find your secret space. I don't know what your secret space looks like. I'm going to ask Deb and Chad to come back, and I'm just going to talk for a few more minutes. Uh, but you guys can come and linger. Find your secret space. I think what that means is like you go to a place where you're ready to be alone and you shut the door behind you and you turn off your cell phone and you have a moment of quiet and clarity. In your life right now, it, so there are many adults, that, you know, like the only place you could find quiet is on your toilet. Uh, listen, God will meet you anywhere. I promise. Psalms 27, verse 7. 
says this. It says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. I caught a prayer. Your face, Lord, I will seek. I, I, a couple years ago, I went on a date uh, to a steakhouse, which is always my favorite. I went with Teresa. And uh, we got to the dinner, and my phone, uh, I was getting text messages uh, like crazy. And I remember responding to a few of them. And the tone with my wife, she just seemed to start getting a little more frustrated. And uh, it ended up realizing over the course of the night that I wasn't exactly focused on her at all. My attention was divided. And shame on me that I ruined a great opportunity to have um, a date with a wonderful woman that any guy would, would kill to have. There are so many people that want to know the Lord and he is calling you and I into a relationship to be alone with him. I'm not going to tell you that you need to pray for 30 minutes, an hour, 45 minutes. Try three. Try seven. Try 12. But when you get there, turn off the world. Turn off everything around you. One of the most powerful prayers that I have learned in Scripture, Psalm 27, verse 8. It said, when he said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face I will seek. There are many times when I'm in prayer that the only thing I'm doing is reminding myself why I'm where I'm at right now. God, I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I want to know you. I'm here because you're the best thing in my life. And in that moment, it's not about what's in his hands. It's not about what he can tell me about the direction of my life. It's about what's in his heart. I want to know him. And right now when I'm praying, I am looking for Jesus. And I am seeking him. And what that changes is everything. Here's why. Someone once said this really powerful thing. They said that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I think that's one of the reasons why our prayers are boring. So we're not talking to anyone. We're hoping that God hears and hoping that he replies and hoping that he fixes us and blesses us and gives us this promotion. And it's not about him. But when you get a date with some hot chick, you want to make sure that you are with her. And we have a date with Jesus and it's mostly about me. Seek his face. And that means, God, I'm looking for you. God, I want you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. Lord, I am seeking your face. God, I'm seeking your face. And I'm saying right now to many of you that this season is about to close. And many of you, I know it's crazy, but in a year from now, there are many of us that are going to wish that we can have this season back again. 
God wants to show us something glorious that we can only learn now. And mostly what he wants. It's not your money. It's not your time. It's not your house. He wants you. My prayer is right now that you would surrender your life to Jesus. Many of you have done wrong in this past season. Maybe there's some sin that's in your life that no one else knows about. Maybe you're just not right with God. Maybe it's been a while since you've had relationship with Him. How do you have relationship with God? You shut the door and you seek the God who's seeking you. Jesus said, behold, I stand at your door and I knock. And if anyone would open the door, I'll come in. And I'll meet with them. And they'll meet with me. Today, right here, right now, would you seek the face of God? that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. Draw me closer to the Lord. Teach my heart how to seek you. I pray that the next 21 days would be some of the most powerful days of my life that you would teach me
how to draw near to you. He would teach me to believe that you love me and that you want me and that you desire me. Turn off the distractions and draw near to the Lord. Deb, would you sing that one last time? Friday night with us. We will be live streaming and so we'll have it on your computers for those of you that can't or, or still are, are. The Lord's telling you guys this, this social distance remaining that's totally cool. We'll try to broadcast it to you. We love you. Uh, the next 21 days, grab a book on prayer. Let's, uh, sometimes we do prayer and fasting. Let's do prayer and feasting for the next 21 days. I love you guys. Let's keep oil in our lamps and return to the Lord with all of our hearts. God bless you.